Download our app in iTunes and the Google Play Store. Welcome to the podcast. Saving starts with Xfinity. Get Xfinity Internet for $20 a month for 12 months with a one-year agreement. Add Xfinity Mobile, and you can save up to $400 a year on wireless over AT&T. Plus, ask how to get an eligible 5G phone on us, and for a limited time, $300 back. Go to Xfinity.com slash start saving. Call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Internet offer ends 9721 and requires paperless billing and auto pay. Restrictions apply. New performance starter internet customers only. Equipment taxes and fees extra and subject to change. After term, regular rates apply. Savings based on optimized pricing. Actual savings may vary. Today's episode is brought to you by Patreon. If you're interested in supporting the show, go to patreon.com slash Joshua and become a $2 backer today and get early access to the new episodes. I'll be leaving a link in the description down below, but for now, on to today's episode. You're listening to the Augment Experience Podcast. I'm your host, as usual, Joshua Vellis. I'm a student, musician, and a gamer at heart. Join me as I sit down every week to talk about all the latest news in the technology, business, and video game world. I hope you guys enjoy. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the show. My name is Joshua Bellis. I am your host as usual. And obviously, welcome back to the show. Today's episode 182 of this show. And before we get started, I'm going to do a house pretty quick because, well, let's just be honest here. You know, that's what we like to do around here. And it only makes sense that we do it. So let's just get on with the house cleaning. I do want to say thank you guys for coming back and listening to today's episode. It really does mean a lot to me. You guys constantly keep taking time in your days to download these episodes, to share these episodes, to constantly keep letting me know how you feel, whether you like my stupid face or not, which Obviously, you're not seeing my stupid face right now because, well, we're back to doing a little bit of audio version due to some technical difficulties. <laughs> but I do thank you guys for coming back and listening. It really does mean a lot to me. You guys constantly keep you know making time to listen to these episodes to so constantly let me know how you feel because I honestly can't do any of this without you guys. And I just greatly appreciate the love and support. It really does mean a lot to me. I do want to say thank you guys for the total downloads, especially because we're almost pushing 2,600 total. So let's hopefully get over 2,600 and my goal is that I want to be at 3,000 by the end of the year or at least before the three-year anniversary of the show so we're making good progress we're almost there we're almost there and I just greatly appreciate that I also greatly appreciate the Patreon backers you guys are wonderful and in regards to the Patreon backers I've decided to do something a little bit you know not new but at least roll back on something where we're going to primarily stick to one tier the two dollar tier where you can donate two dollars a month and you get early access to the episodes and everything like that so that's what we're going to do for right now is sticking with the two dollar tier and you know just a way to support the show only two dollars a month if you want to become a patreon backer we have the links down below whether you're listening to the audio version or watching this on youtube but with all of that out of the way let's get on with today's topic because this is something that's been sparking a lot of debate in the gaming community right now primarily well we're going to be talking about halo infinite and yes i've seen and heard both sides of the argument i've seen how 
some people can be very upset with this that they're just throwing 343 under the bus there's some people that are just you know full-blown xbox apologists and just going all in and be like well defend 343 and i'm being honest with you guys i land somewhere more in the middle when it comes to this but i do want to emphasize three main talking points in this entire episode that we're going to be focusing on the first talking point is obviously the elephant in the room and it's the effects of the pandemic yes let's be honest here guys we understand that this game has been in development for years however we cannot pretend that the impacts of the pandemic have not affected a lot of things regarding how game development has been done especially for you know even games that have been in development for a while the pandemic has changed a lot of things because we're not going to pretend that we're all game developers and that oh we know more than the actual people working on the game itself i'm like First off, get your head out of your ass. You don't know more than them. So stop pretending that you do and stop pretending like you're some genius when it comes to programming or game designing because you're not. Get like Just get off your high horse and like reel, reel your ego in, buckos. But we, we do need to understand that, the, yes, the pandemic has affected many things. And we, we've seen this. We're not going to pretend that the effects of working at home and especially in terms of a studio as big as 343 Industries, yes, splitting the team up, working from home is not a very difficult, or I wouldn't say it's not a very easy thing to just manage because everybody has their own responsibilities. A lot of teams have to collaborate and find new ways to you know, collaborate and also you know, continue to do what they're doing, which is working on their projects, which in this case was Halo Infinite. Because yes, let's be real here, Halo Infinite was supposed to launch with the xbox series x and series s last year it was supposed to but then it got delayed a whole extra year and i do believe that that was the right call let's be real here it really was the right call and best you know it was the best choice that they could make given the state of the game of where it was at and given that there were changes going on now this isn't saying that the pandemic is the biggest you know that hey we can just defend you know, the whole issue going on right now with 343, which, you know, let's lay it out for you. The whole issue is that an interview had recently come out and they had talked about Halo Infinite and it was mentioned that Halo Infinite will not launch with co-op campaign and Forge. Both of these things have been staples for the Halo franchise, even though, yes, Forge has only been available since Halo 3. It's still you know a very big deal. And so we need to understand that, yes, these are core features that people like. Obviously, co-op campaign is a very big thing because, let's be honest, co-op campaign is a very big feature that people really like about Halo, and it's just fun. But I can also understand from the perspective of how, yes, things have changed with the game. It's definitely not the same game that we were going to get last year if the game had launched. And some people have talked about this, that they feel a little bit concerned, which a lot of these topics that we're talking about here right now bleeds into the second point, but it should be addressed right now that yes, the game that we presumably, if we, if the game had launched last year, it would have been a completely different game than what we got right now. Obviously in terms of halo infinite. Yes. We've seen the progress that 343 has made in regards to the multiplayer. People have gotten to test it. They like it. A lot of people really enjoyed the multiplayer. And the campaign from the little snippets of the updates that we got, it definitely looks really good as well. Is it now granted it's a bit concerning we haven't seen more of the 
campaign but i think that will be more revealed as time goes on especially since that's the big you know bread and butter of the whole thing is the campaign let's just be real here but i do see how the pandemic has affected many things and maybe there was more damage done that we're just not aware of because something that has been brewing in regards to 343 industries is yes People have said, oh, they're poor mismanagement of, you know, their talent, their teams. And I'm like, guys, we don't know what's going on there. Let It's yes, I get it. We can make assumptions. We can think what we know is going on. But if we don't really know what's going on, I would not go on a limb and say that my, you know, what I think is going on is what's actually going on. Because, guys, we could be horribly wrong about this entire situation and we're just going to look stupid. But we're primarily going to focus on the co-op campaign and the Forge not coming, which does suck. And obviously in the interview, they also mentioned the whole thing of the game being a live service, which we understand that Halo Infinite will be a live service game, which perfectly leads into the second point, which is the expectations for this game. The expectations for this game are extremely high. Like the Halo franchise is not just an important IP for Microsoft. It is literally, I I really like how another YouTuber had mentioned this, that the Halo IP, the Halo identity, the Halo, when you see Halo, it's not just a franchise. It is literally a brand. Halo literally built Xbox. Like the first Halo was one of the most iconic games ever made. Halo 3, arguably considered the greatest Halo game ever made and arguably one of the greatest video games of all time. Long, like obviously the debate between halo 2 and 3 is very big and then after halo reach and odst yes things definitely fell off halo 4 i have been more partial towards halo 4 as time has gone on especially with the re-release on pc with the master chief collection it's not as bad as everyone makes it out to be is it perfect no but is it as bad as say halo 5 also no halo 5 definitely is the sour spot that everyone always talks about because yes the campaign was it just wasn't good let's just be real here a lot of us didn't agree with a lot of the creative decisions that they decided to make in the campaign and then the multiplayer well i do agree was pretty fun i was also pay to win <laughs> so it just really wasn't the best now we have halo infinite at first yes we're like we saw the trailer the initial trailer for the game everyone was like oh like halo is back baby let's go and then we saw the gameplay and then everyone was like this game looks like crap it looks like a ps2 game and then people weren't happy and then obviously craig the infamous craig decides to make an appearance (laughs) and the game gets delayed because they realize hey this game needs more polish and then in the process of the year delay they obviously hire a new creative director which has led to a lot of people being concerned if you think about it in the grand scheme of things is the game was near was revamp time but they decided to hire a new creative director to come in and work on the story which given that they had a year to do all that stuff which makes people a lot of you know iffy when it comes to the campaign specifically especially because we haven't seen much of the campaign but we have to be honest here that the expectations for the campaign are extremely high especially because after halo 5 halo fans definitely want a return to form but also something new that points us in the direction of where halo is going for the foreseeable future 
Yes. We can sit here and say we the expectations, the multiplayer looks great. We already have a taste for that. The campaign is the biggest thing that everyone really cares about. Now, the expectations that we have for this game are now a little bit in jeopardy given the fact that these core features will not be available at launch. Like co-op campaign, people are like, okay, at this point, they're going to make us pay $60 for just a campaign because multiplayer is free, so we don't have to pay for it. And this is also implying that the co-op campaign and then also Forge will be added later as free DLC and like in part of the whole seasons pass thing to add, you know, since it is a live service game, it's like, oh, season two, guess what, guys? We have co-op campaign, season three. Hey, guys, we added Forge. And I get that. I really do get that. To me, it's just very worrisome. Like to me, it does waver my confidence a bit when it comes to the game. Am I still going to buy Halo Infinite when it comes out? Yes, because I'm extremely excited for this game. The multiplayer looks great. I'm, you know, I was sad that I didn't get a chance to play it, but from what I saw, I really enjoyed what I saw, and I think it's a very solid game in terms of multiplayer. You know, obviously they're going to do more polish for it. Let's just be real; who we know they will. The campaign is the biggest thing, though. I love the Halo campaigns. Me and my friend, we literally went through and did the all the Halo campaigns on Legendary, which Halo 2s is still a nightmare. And even Halo C on some level, on some levels with Legendary does get a bit annoying sometimes. I'm just being honest with you. But the expectations for this game is extremely high. And I don't blame Halo fans for being upset that these core features that they've come to love and enjoy with the Halo series, or you know, I would say synonymous with Halo will not be there at launch is very disheartening. It's very discouraging. But we also have to understand, primarily let's talk about Forge. Somebody had mentioned this, and I really do agree with this, that Forge is not the same that it was, say, in Halo 3, Halo 4, you know, Halo Reach. It's not the same beast, especially with Halo 5, given the updated graphics, the different, you know, the different environments. It definitely became a much different beast. And now that we're talking about an open world Halo, the first time that Halo has ever gone at least to you know semi-open world to open world, the fact that we have something new being added to the formula definitely makes things a bit weirder. And it doesn't surprise me that Forge probably needs a little bit more time and more time to adjust given this new shift in the landscape of what Halo games should be. And I think that's very important to keep in mind when we're having this discussion because Forge will not be the same thing because I get it. People talk about that Forge is the, the lifeblood and the creativity of the Halo community. That so many of people's favorite game modes were originally Forge game modes like Griffball or Fiesta. You know, a lot of these game modes that people find very enjoyable, very fun, were originally Forge game modes that people made up. But it's different now. Halo Infinite is a different game. It is not the same as every other Halo game that has come before. Does it take inspiration from past Halo games? Yes, but it also adds something new that we should also acknowledge that it's not the same. We can't expect it to be the same because Forge, let's be honest here, definitely needed a revamp. They needed to do something a little bit more than just a simple sandbox editor. I think what they're probably going to do with it based on what I'm predicting is that yes, we will see a drastic change to Forge and it will be a much different beast than what it was before. And I think it will, that's actually for the better because it actually gives consumers more options as you, you know, if we really think about it in terms of creativity, you'd rather have more options for creativity than just limiting what you can do. If, if that makes any sense, to be honest. But the co-op campaign though, 
to me, I can understand how it seems kind of backwards thinking to not have co-op campaign, especially when you're talking about the biggest Halo story, you know, possibly made. We're talking about open world. It's a new adventure. The fact that it makes more sense that it should have been co-op from the get-go, you know, I think that would have been a very smart idea to keep the co-op in. But I can also understand that given the change in directions with the creative director, that things were probably changed. And there's some things that they had to go back and they're like, hey, adding co-op campaign, we can do it. It just will be very buggy. And I understand like some people want to avoid a Cyberpunk 2077 mistake, which do I blame them for wanting to avoid that situation? Absolutely, because let's be real, Cyberpunk 2077 was the biggest flop of the modern era of gaming because it just was so bad, so buggy. The game should have not launched. Let's just be real. It was not ready for prime time. Nowhere even close to ready for prime time. So I don't blame 343 for wanting to avoid that situation and the bad press that comes with that because I'd rather not like if I'm talking about my, like myself and if I was in that situation, I would not want to be grilled for having to deal with that if I'm just being honest with you. But my last point that I want to talk about is more of a, I'd say it's more of a hope point. It's just talking about hope for the better. And that's really all we can do in this kind of situation is I get it. People's trust in 343 has not been the best. Their track record has not been the best, you know, especially, you know, with Halo 4, Halo 5, the Master Chief Collection and how, like, let's be real. I remember the Master Chief Collection when it first came out. It was an absolute buggy nightmare. I regretted any, like, I regretted playing and I was like, this is literally a buggy mess. Granted, I do appreciate that 343 took the time, went in, and actually fixed it and actually made it a good, compelling game. Like, it's actually a really good to own. And I highly recommend it if you're, you know, a Halo fan, the Master Chief Collection should be in your collection. <laughs> How ironic. And yes, Halo 5 is not the best Halo ever made. Is it the worst game ever made? Also, no, because the multiplayer did get better over time as things were updated and added in. And I think that's really all we can do with Halo Infinite is, yes, my confidence in 343 is not the highest. I'm just being honest with you. But I would still let them, I would still give them the benefit of the doubt and let them actually release the product before we pass judgment. Because I don't think it's smart to pass judgment on a product that hasn't even come out yet, given the fact that none of us have genuinely like played the campaign. And who knows? The campaign could, for all intents and purposes be 10 out of 10 the greatest halo campaign ever made or it could probably be the worst halo game ever made or probably the worst video game campaign ever made it could probably be the worst game ever made or it could be a game of the year nominee like right now psychonauts 2 you know at the time of this recording is arguably considered in the running for game of the year in terms of an xbox exclusive because of how good it was that it generally was a good game and forza horizon 5 when that comes out I won't be surprised if that ends up being nominated for Racing Game of the Year, which is probably going to win that award pretty easily because let's be honest, it's just Forza has always been good. But in my opinion, I don't think it's fair to pass super critical judgment on 343. Yes, do I believe that these decisions are very weird and they're not appreciated, but I would like to give them the benefit of the doubt. Let them let this, you know, let it breathe a little bit. Give it some time. Give it some space. Let's see how it plays out. Let's see how the game actually is when it comes out. Because I get it. Some people are calling for an extra delay for another year. 
I don't think they can afford that given the fact that that means that Halo would miss two holiday cycles, which to be honest, would be extremely devastating in terms of the studio because you're missing two of the biggest times to sell your game. Because think about it, they missed the launch of the console. That was already a big oof to begin with. I don't think they want to miss another one. Like from what I've seen so far, the game does look good. I do believe we need to see more of the campaign. I think if we see more of the campaign, it might alleviate some concerns, some stress that people have about it. But I do understand that if you're in the camp that co-op campaign not being there really bothers you or Forge not being there from the launch either bothers you, you're perfectly justified. It should bother you because it's features that you want and it's being cut out and being released for a later time. Now, do I think that they're being genuine when they say that it's being polished and that they want it to be better? Yes, I genuinely believe, like personally, I do believe that they're polishing it, that they want this game to be the best that it possibly can be, especially, let's be honest, I know we keep going back to Cyberpunk, but it's the most relevant example is you don't want to pull another Cyberpunk. You do not want to be in the same position that CD Projekt Red is with Cyberpunk, that it just was a complete nightmare. And now look at it. The game literally can be found on sale for $10. The game that they were working on for years, for absolute years, is now on sale for $10. But in my opinion, am I bummed out that co-op campaign and Forge will not be there? Yes, I am bothered. But we also have to acknowledge the effects of the pandemic in regards to studios and game development should should be acknowledged and we shouldn't just throw us under the bush and be like, oh, well, yes, we went through a pandemic, but that doesn't matter. I'm like, no, we have to be wise. We have to be fair. And we have to acknowledge that the pandemic has had an effect on the development of games. We also have to acknowledge the expectations are extremely high for this game and people have very high expectations that this will be a great game. But I do also think it's fair to have a little bit of hope that, you know, put a little bit of hope that 343 will deliver something good and enjoyable. And I think a lot of people will be very happy with the final product. And once these features come rolling out, I think everybody will be even more happy because now, well, they'll get co-op campaign, they'll get their forged maps, you know, they'll get a lot of features that people have been wanting and who knows there might be some new features added in that we're just not aware of and everyone will be genuinely happy about it but i do believe it's not fair to pass judgment until we've actually seen or have the final game in our hands but let me know what you guys think in the comment section down below whether you're listening or watching this on youtube or hit me up on my social medias if you're listening to the audio version of the show on spotify apple podcast wherever you like to listen to your podcast let me know how you guys feel about the whole situation I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you guys so much for your time and your patience with me. I really, really do appreciate it. School is definitely starting to ramp up and it's just very interesting this year to say the least, but I'm excited. This is my last full year at tech and I'm very excited to see how it plays out, but I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. Please guys continue to take care of those around you. Continue to be kind, respectful, continue to be making the best effort to understand where people are coming from. And as always guys, Don't do anything dumb. And I will see you guys next week. Love you guys. Bye. Hey there. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day and listening to today's episode. If you're interested in supporting the show, whether it be financially, clicking the follow button, or just sharing the episode, it all works for me, guys. Thank you guys so much for your time, and I love you guys to death. I hate to break it to you, but you're in for a big surprise. Five years from now, Jane, who's resigning today, 
will ring the NASDAQ bell, officially launching her company on the public market. And what you'll soon realize is that Jane stole your most valuable data to start her new company on her way out the door. Learn how Code42 Insider can stop data theft and protect your organization's most valuable assets. Visit Code42.com to learn more. It's time to put on your party hat at Harris Cherokee Casino Resort and Harris Cherokee Valley River Casino and Hotel. From the thrilling yet intimate experience of Harris Cherokee Valley River Casino and Hotel in Murphy, North Carolina, to the Vegas-style resort at Harris Cherokee Casino Resort in Cherokee, North Carolina, these destinations will brighten your day and light up your night. Must be 21 years of age or older to enter the casino floor and to gamble and must present a valid state or federal photo ID upon request. No one to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Enterprise of the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review. Cool. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of This Week on Planet Internet. I'm joined by one of our superstar devs, Jefferson. Hey, Jefferson. Hey. And also with our regular podcast host, Amy. Hello. What up? Afternoon podcast. Today, if maybe our backgrounds gave it away, we're going to be talking about metaverses uh, a little bit about gaming metaverses but metaverses in general and uh part of the reason why is because on hacker noon right now we have a gaming metaverse writing contest going on in partnership with the sandbox so basically anybody can log on to hacker noon in the next three months and publish an article about metaverses nfts game development and you can be entered to win up to two thousand dollars so please definitely do that and speaking of our partnership with the Sandbox, the first article today is about the Sandbox Metaverse. And I chose this one because it was like, it's pretty well summarizes how people can make money specifically on the Sandbox Metaverse. But in the future, I think all Metaverses that monetize are going to follow the same structure anyways. So it explains in general, how the metaverse can be monetized, much like how the internet was monetized. So this one is called Why Owning Land on the Sandbox Could Make You Rich, written by Raven Hart. And uh, it basically just talks about how the sandbox works, how their virtual land sales work, what you can do with the virtual land, and how you can make money with that virtual land. And uh, yeah, it's quite interesting. And if you're up to date on how metaverses work. And if you're up to date with the sandbox, it's not a surprise, but I think it might've been a surprise to you, Amy. You're not that familiar with the sandbox. What did you think when you read this article? Yes. So I've only just started learning about the sandbox and metaverses in terms of real estate that you can purchase, which is like what the sandbox is based off of. And I thought this article is super interesting because something that I didn't realize is that the sandbox, when you purchase 
said piece of virtual land, in the future you will be able to rent that out to different people, like a real property. And so I thought that was really interesting. And I think the premise is interesting in the sense that if you buy these properties, you're essentially saying that you're going to make some kind of showcase in there or like something probably to sell people something, right? Like it's going to be some kind of like company website or something probably. So I think that a lot of people or a lot of companies will probably rent out these spaces to do, you know, art galleries and there are games or some kind of interactive experience and could pay a pretty penny for them. So really interesting. Yeah, like uh, to summarize, the few of the ways that the writer talked about making money on the sandbox is, uh, as Amy said, renting out land to other people to use. You could host giveaways and contests on your land. And uh, one of the big ones is selling ad space, much like how the internet found monetization in the form of ads and how Facebook and social media found monetization in the form of ads. The metaverse will follow suit. So that's one of the biggest ones. And aside from that, people can sell the land if you wanted to, much like real estate. So if you were to purchase land on the sandbox or any metaverse, and if that metaverse becomes really popular, like how Fortnite or Roblox became really popular, then the more people that are going into that metaverse, the more that land is worth and you can sell it for future profits, hopefully. What about uh, you, Jefferson? Sorry? Jefferson, do you think that people are buying this or do you think companies are buying? I think both. Companies like for promoting them th- themselves or yeah, creating some 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 experiences so they can return those people to their websites or to their products, but also people to create experiences, share, trade stuff. So I believe that this is on a, an early stage, but I see like a big future on it, and it's an interesting topic. Yeah, as a developer, what interests you about the technology? How, what what differentiates like developing for the metaverse versus developing for the regular internet? The, actually, the metaverse allows people to have freedom to create and to share. It's like a, a, a digital universe where people can do basically anything. So it opened up the scope of the development. You, you create a system where mm-hmm. Everyone can contribute. It's not just up to you to put things there. So yeah, it's crazy and cool at the same time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think for people who don't aren't like familiar with blockchain metaverses or NFTs, using the sandbox as like an intro to metaverse is maybe not the best. So next, I'd like to ask both of you, what was your intro to metaverse culture? Like we don't mm-hmm. have to worry about the formal definition of metaverse what was the first like community online that felt different to you it wasn't the same as a normal game and it wasn't the same as just a chat room what was your intro to like online communities like this i love club penguin which i've just recently thought about which is why i made it my background which is like a very like deep cut early 2000s game where you could walk around as a penguin and chat with people but this was i feel like This was like in my MSN days, and I think that this was like the first instance where I was like, where it was super interactive with other people that I played as an online game. This also, like I played Neopets a lot too, but like the interaction between people wasn't as prominent. Yeah, so I think Club Penguin might have been it for me. 
Cool, cool. And how about you, Jefferson? What was your intro to these kind of communities? I think it was Habo Hope. It was it 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 is still live today. I, I found my 2009 account there. You could like work and talk to people, see the rooms that they created. You you could find super crazy stuff, which they built. So you could trade mobs and stuff. It was pretty pretty crazy at the time. I've never played this. Yeah. My intro as well, Jefferson, we bonded about it because if you knew Habbo Hotel, you knew Habbo Hotel. Nobody was like 10% in. They're like, everyone was 200% in. Um, Uh, Did you ever play Webkins? I was definitely too old for that. Like, I was too old to play it, but I did (laughs) because I had younger cousins and younger brothers. Neopets? Not with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Webkins. So you would buy these stuffed animals and the animals would come with a card and the card would have a code in it and then you would put the code into the game and then you would have the animal in the game and in real life. And obviously as like a dog animal lover, I was like super into this. This was my life. (laughs) And like how much would it cost for those sort of things? Do you remember? Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) Each animal used to be like $15. And I would spend like yeah. all of my money on this. And now exactly, right? they will sell them at, I've seen them at the dollar store, the literal dollar store for a dollar. <laughs> like what? <laughs> so I asked that question because that form of monetization, like facing kids and like mm-hmm. how well it worked for you. It's it was so similar for Habbo Hotel. I think Jefferson, you mm-hmm. remember like owning furniture on Habbo Hotel gave you the ability to create rooms and create experiences, but the, the furniture was really expensive. Jefferson, did you ever buy furniture on Habbo Hotel? No, never, never. Yeah, we, you, there's like How four kids on Habbo Hotel. I think 50 credits back in the day would have been something like $20 or so. And with those 50 credits, you could maybe buy, I don't know, 10 chairs or something. Like it's not enough to build a room. Oh, wow. Okay, wait. And also to go back to the sandbox and give some context, how much is a piece of land going for? If you get it, like, uh, so the Sandbox does drops of their land where you can buy it at, like, the normal going price. But to be honest, I've never been able to get in there, so I've never mm-hmm. experienced it. But if you mm-hmm. go on the reseller market, it's crazy. Like, it's, yeah. uh, I like think the, the cheapest co- plots I found over- were, like, one Ethereum. So about, like, 4,000 USD was, like, the cheapest oh, okay. one I saw recently. Okay. Yeah. Still but crazy. Not like but like, 500,000. It depends on how big. I guess if you bought mm-hmm. like an entire acre worth, it might be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, so what about these metaphors then caused you to want to buy buy things in it? Because I remember in Habbo Hotel, I wanted to. I wanted to be like the richest person there. I, I did all sorts of things. What differentiates these platforms like Habbo Hotel or Club Penguin from a normal MSN messenger or a normal forum board? What did you get out of it that was different? It's the gamification, isn't it? Like, these chat functions don't have gamification in it. Like, MSN didn't have that other than a little ping or whatever it was. (laughs) But it's like gamification. Like, with Club Penguin, there were multiple different games that you would play within it. And then you'd have to get, like, coins or something. And there was an Mm -hmm. objective of the game of some sort. And you'd buy stuff with the money. And it was a whole thing. So, like, to keep going back because... You've got money there. You've got all your friends there. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. Cool. How about you, Jefferson? What What was the appeal? Maybe I, I think the experience of it, like 
I was I I enjoyed exploring the rooms and all the experience that other people created. People that actually have cash because I haven't. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> so I was like wandering around and exploring, and I got jobs and stuff, and they paid me. Sometimes they didn't, but I was there anyway. Yeah. So what? yeah. Is this like yeah. Sims? Yeah. You- could yep. you pretend that you have a life when you work and yeah these metaverses because the life in the metaverse is better than your real life i wouldn't say i don't know about you jefferson i wouldn't say better but i think it was more role play there were tons of people who would like role play being a family on a hub hotel uh, i joined an <laughs> army and i was like i went from private in the army to like a corporal and it took me months to get there <laughs> it was like yeah <laughs> Yeah, I was like a police officer and I was like wandering around dressed like a police officer and pretending to be, it was cool. And like, what amazes me about Habo Hotel and how it proves that the metaverse works is all these people made was a place where you could sign in to these empty rooms and a marketplace for furniture. And the members are the one who created everything else. Habbo Hotel didn't come in and think, oh, we're going to build this place and there's going to be casinos, there's going to be armies, there's going to be like furniture games. They didn't know any of that would happen. It was made by the creativity of the community. I think uh, for me, that's like what separates a metaverse from a regular game or a regular platform. So would you consider like uh, a DS game a metaverse? Could you give an example of what DS game or like a, what kind okay, of DS so game? When I was younger, I used to play Nintendogs religiously. Of course, the only games I'm interested in had animals in them. And Nintendogs, you used to be able to take your dog to your friend's house and then you could walk your dogs together. Do you think that's a metaverse? What do you think, Jefferson? Does it count? You're the developer. Hmm. Yeah, maybe like... A more limited version of it but can be i don't know would you create stuff there like in the universe or not really no actually that's not true you had a house and then you would decorate your house oh. but it was pretty limited in like customization though mm -hmm. and your dog would have its own collar or outfit and then you could have a different kind of leash for your dog <laughs> yeah kind for, of for can I'm on Jefferson's side here. I think it's, but it, the there's so many different definitions of mm -hmm. metaverse. But for me, the differentiating factor is: can you create your own experiences, not just uh, like your own avatar or decoration? Can you okay. affect what's happening in the game or what's happening in the world? Okay. Yeah. But uh, on that, one metaverse that did really well in that sense was Fortnite, which is what our next article is. Uh, shameless plug, I did write this one, but not because I'm trying to toot my own horn, but it fits really well with this with this topic. So this article, in a nutshell, was about how Fortnite went from just being a battle royale shooting game to a metaverse. And the long story short is, it basically became the virtual playground that replaced the basketball court. It replaced the community center where kids were hanging out. And instead, it be this became where people hung out. And it's not just kids, parents, families. I used to play with an entire family, literally. The father, the mother, and the kid all played at the same time, and we played together. So it just showed the ability to bring people together. 
And on Fortnite, you can customize your avatar and you can create your own experiences. You can create your own games, you can create your own maps. But more importantly, they took it a step further in the sense that they created in-game events where everybody around the world would experience at exactly the same time. Millions of people seeing the same concert at the same time or seeing the same uh, new addition to the map at the same time. So creating this sense of it's not just a game, it's a place to experience things was something Fortnite did well in its peak. Unfortunately, now it's died, but it proved how well metaverses work and how well they can be monetized, which is why we saw crossovers with Marvel, with Star Wars, all these big IPs looking to advertise their stuff on Fortnite. Did either of you play Fortnite, Jefferson or Amy, or played a game like it? I've never played uh- Nah, shame on me, never played. Once I installed it, but then I uninstalled it before I opened it, so yeah. I've never had bad. any interest in Fortnite until Ariana Grande started partnering with Fortnite like a month ago, and now I'm like, oh, wait, I could be Ariana Grande? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's cool. And like that just shows how well their marketing is and how well the metaverse works because everybody was trying to get advertised there. Like you just said, Ariana Grande wanted to get advertised Mm -hmm. on there. Seeing things like this, do both of you, do both of you buy into the idea that the metaverse is going to be the next form of the internet? Or do you still just think it's a bit of a buzzword? For myself, I do think it's going to be the next big thing. I think like games as a service, like they, always keep evolving and not like just release a new uh, game every two and three years, but they keep evolving again and again. And so I think companies will start to put ads inside so to, so they can monitor. But yeah, I think it, that's the way it's going. I feel like COVID and quarantine has accelerated the adoption of metaverses in the sense that you can't go outside, so I'm going to go into an online universe instead. So yeah, I think adoption has increased exponentially. Do you have firsthand experience of that feeling? Did you turn to online communities during this time and did it work? Did you feel a similar sense of connection that you would in person? I, in over quarantine, I started playing Among Us with my friends, which like, I don't know if you would count as a metaverse, but I never, we've never gamed before, (laughs) like ever at all of any kind. It was nice to just be able to, uh, like have an event every week that we could chat at the same time and do something. Yeah, I think like even I got into it. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Jefferson? Does did was there online experiences that kind of replaced the sense of a connection for you that we couldn't get during this pandemic? Yeah, on the pandemic, nothing changed much because I'm not a kind of a social person, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I enjoy like gda role play because you can kind of you you pretend to be someone else and you have work and stuff like that but things haven't changed much (laughs) that's so funny i was like when we went to court he was like i'm dying i need my socialization we need to have once a week among us nights we need to do all of these different things online because i can't see people in person No, I'm the same as you, Jefferson. For me, it's, oh, now I can play video games all day and nobody judges me. Like, it's perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. So speaking of metaverses, one of the companies that have been 
really talking about it recently and have been making headlines is Facebook, which is uh, what our next article is about. It's on Seeking Alpha, and it's titled Facebook is the King of the Metaverse. Uh, in a nutshell, lots of this article was about stocks and like the stock markets aspect of metaverse and how Facebook is using it, not just like for fun. They're actually doing it as one of their main like value ads, and they're transitioning from just being social media to a metaverse company. One of the quotes from, I think he said it was one of Facebook's investors talks or something from Zuckerberg said that he wants the world to stop seeing us primarily as a social media company to seeing us as a metaverse company, which is a huge thing to say. It means they're planning to pivot completely into the metaverse. And it was basically about the author talking about how this might have affected Facebook stock and what the metaverse means. But I'm interested to see what you thought of this, Jefferson. Yeah, Facebook almost reaching 2 billion users. If they do that transition, they will be like the biggest metaverse around. And they have like this whole community stuff. Like they have communities. You can talk to your friends. You can post everything. You have the marketplace. They got into that virtual reality goggles. So it's kind of the way to go they have the player base they have the users there so it wouldn't be like it wouldn't be like a bad idea to head to the metaverse i see i see so in general you're saying that basically facebook already has all the aspects of what it needs to create a metaverse it has videos it has groups that people can make on their own pages it has the usership so you're thinking that facebook has the ability to do it But do you think it's a good idea? Do you think it'll actually work out? I do think, especially now on the pandemic, we do not know how things will go, if things will get better or not. And since almost everything is starting to get digitalized and all those universes are being created, I think that's the way that uh, Facebook should head. Interesting, interesting. What about uh, you, Amy? Do you think Facebook will stick to its guns and make this pivot? And do you think it'll work out? Yeah, I think it would be a smart move for them. What I think thought was interesting from this article was how it talked about Instagram's piece in this as well, in the sense that if Facebook could really create a metaverse, I imagine that would increase incorporate Instagram too because it's part of their offering but then it, part of this article talked about how they haven't really connected it too far yet because of legal reasons or something or logistics or so I don't know they there was a reason for why they didn't want to connect them yet but I think imagining a metaverse as like Facebook and Instagram combined that would be huge mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And part of the puzzle we had mentioned yet, Jefferson briefly mentioned, was Facebook owns Oculus now, which is Mm -hmm. like one of the biggest VR companies in the world. I think they have sold the most VR units so that they could be considered the top VR company. And I think that's the biggest change for the metaverse. Like one of the things that people talk about how it's not just the internet and why it's not just the internet, why it's the evolution of the internet. It's the idea that you're not just looking at the internet on a screen, you actually go into it now. So instead of searching for information on Wikipedia in a metaverse, maybe I would walk into the Wikipedia building and I would find that book on the shelf. Um, Seeing that, in my opinion, like 
the VR aspect is the most interesting part of it. Have both of you or have either of you adopted VR? Have, have Are you playing VR games? Are you interested in getting VR headsets or are you not there yet? I used to do, I, I, and oof, I think it must have been probably 2015. I went to a few VR conferences in Vancouver that were super interesting that had a bunch of different games and different use cases of VR, which were really interesting. One of the things that I thought was really cool was that someone was building a fear simulator so that they would be able to overcome their fear of heights. That was a fun. Yeah, lots of different aspects of VR that are really cool and could potentially become like metaverse-like. Although I can't imagine myself right now like putting on a headset to walk around in a marketplace metaverse. I don't know. It seems too far-fetched for the technology of the moment. I want to come back to that, but Jefferson, what about you? Do you adopt VR right now? Are you using it? Not yet. I'm updating my rig to buy an Oculus. So yeah, but I do want like to get into horror games and stuff like that in VR. It might be super cool. Yeah. On that note, though, you actually don't need an expensive rig. That's one. Of, that was one of the biggest boundaries for people. You'd have to buy mm-hmm. a two thousand dollar computer than a thousand dollar headset. Facebook prices the Oculus cheap enough that it's cheaper than the PlayStation 5. You don't need, you don't even need a PC anymore. But if you want the best VR, you do need a PC. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Oculus actually is not even that bad. Like, it's quite good. But I have tried on some VR sets that have made me, like, ill. So... I think, but this, to be fair though, this was probably like six years ago. So I imagine that the technology has improved quite a bit for the lower end VR sets, but some of the like cheaper end VR sets I feel are a little dizzying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to test like those new games like Half-Life Alex and stuff and the rig will, Mm -hmm. I will need to upgrade it. Then you need it for sure. And uh, one interesting thing about VR sickness, out of everybody I know in my life, I get the most motion sick. So I was like, oh, is this going to work for me? And in the beginning, it it was really bad. I had to take the same pills I would take on airplanes to use it. But after a while, like I learned how you're not supposed to do that. You're actually just supposed to jump in head first and get your mind used to it. And eventually you just... Yeah, seriously. Like there are tutorials on the internet about how if it's really bad, you play for 30 seconds, then you stop. Then you keep doing that. And then eventually your mind disassociates what you're seeing on screen versus what's happening in real life and you don't get sick anymore. It just takes some time. Did it work for you? Oh yeah, I can go flying now and I'm fine. Okay. No? (laughs) Nice. All right. Good to know. And Amy, you talked about how you're not sure how this would work for a marketplace, but I think one of the biggest use cases is a marketplace because now instead of trying clothes on online you could do that in vr it's shopping for furniture you could do that in vr did you see that stuff as panning out in the future i have seen that more in an application of ar though are you Mm -hmm. familiar with i believe it's called rent the runway no they are a fashion company and one of their i believe one of their storefronts in new york has this mirror that is you try on the clothes in the mirror and you don't have to like actually change which is quite interesting it's really cool yeah one important aspect of this though i'm sure everyone's ready player one it's like the go-to pop culture thing people talk about when they want to have a quick idea of the members that was like a dystopian idea of what the metaverse could be 
but that, that metaverse was called the Oasis. It was run by like the biggest tech company of the world at that time. It's looking like the biggest metaverse is going to be Facebook's, which is called Facebook Horizon. Oh, and it, it seems pretty eerily similar. So oh, no. you either of you see any potential problems happening or do you think that's just fiction and you think there's enough government regulations in place where we'll be okay? Nah, man, like this definitely goes back to the whole decentralization movement of everything, right? Like the one big player is going to come in and make the biggest mm-hmm. metaverse and then there's going to be no more sandbox and there's going to be no more everything else because Facebook's going to take over everything. Yeah. <laughs> Jefferson, do you see a way where we like as a developer, could there be safeguards built? Could we build this in a decentralized way where a main player like Facebook wouldn't have complete control? If everyone's d- using the metaverse the same way they use the internet, isn't it incredibly dangerous that just one company would own the biggest pie of it? I don't think so. I, I really believe that probably government will step in the way like they regulate those big companies to not take over the world and stuff. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I think it will not happen. It will have space to like smaller metaverses, but they will not be as, they will not have the power that those big companies metaverses will have. I think it will be around that. I think you're very optimistic. I, I'm, yeah. I don't agree that the government has regulated companies well. Do they do that? Yeah. I kind of avoid using those big tech stuff, but I don't have Facebook nor Instagram installed and nor mm. all those stuff. I don't know. I, I prefer to waste my time playing video games instead of on social media. <laughs> yeah, Facebook um, gaming still a thing. You mean like their Twitch kind of platform? Like member Farmville? I think it is. I think they still have games on there for sure. Interesting. I have not played that since the early 2000s as well. Yeah, but Farmville they have was- all different kinds of apps, right? Like with games within Facebook. So maybe that's oh, how yeah. they will I, I transition think, to their metaverse. I think they, yeah, I think they dropped that. I, I'm not quite oh, really? sure. Yeah. I used to play poker on Facebook all the time. I played Pet Society. Of course. It's a side. Pets. Okay, okay. It was like Looks Farmville, like but pets. Oh. Still here, everyone. It's a nice. little bit harder to find that. <laughs> the UI is a little outdated, but it's still there. Yeah. Yes, yes. To end off here, what's a game or a platform that you'd want to see become a metaverse right away? What's the most interesting or exciting metaverse you'd want to enter? Let's bring back Neopets. Why Neopets? Animals. <laughs> I'm in. Games with I'm in animals. for Neopets. The money uh, tree. Neopets, if it was actually on Nintendo Switch, like this, that would this be fake, uh, that would be amazing. What about you, Jefferson? What would you bring back? What metaverse do you want to enter? To bring back, I'm not quite sure. I do have a game that I want to become a metaverse. Which one? Um, Absolutely Grand Theft Auto. There are some Mm -hmm. rumors that they are the the next GTA will become a game as a service. It will be like the last GTA. And yeah, they will be keep just updating the game and 
making improvements and stuff, rumors, so you never know. But it would be cool to for sure. Yeah, create your character and do everything you want there and stuff. For sure, for sure. For me, it's a platform called Coke Music. Have either of you heard of this? No. So it is a clone of Haba Hotel that was made by Coca-Cola, basically to promote their products. But to be honest, like Jefferson and Amy, like this, it was much better than Haba Hotel. I, I don't know why. I think it's because wow. the furniture was, was cheaper. So you didn't have to spend endless amounts of money, but it was like the smartest marketing ploy because they had well, thousands of this? people. Sorry? When was this? I would say around a little bit after Habbo Hotel, so maybe 2000 and 2005 to 2010-ish, okay. it was popular, I'd say. Okay. And the main difference between Coke Music and Habbo Hotel was in order to gain like the money to buy furniture, which was all Coke branded, you had to go into these main lobbies that had a bunch of people and one DJ in the middle of the room. And you would walk up to the DJ and play a, a song that you made in the game. So they had this audio creation platform and everybody in the room would either thumbs up or thumbs down your song. And the more thumbs up you got, the more money you would make. And then the next person <laughs> would go up. So it was like uh, you were running your own concert. You're like a mini were DJ. You good plus, at it? Uh, I was good. I, was, <laughs> I don't know if my music was good, but I learned how to hack the platform so I could duplicate furniture. Uh, <laughs> so okay, I cheated, cheated a little bit. All right. Thanks for joining us today, everybody, on this episode, this week on Planet Internet, talking about the metaverses. Once again, if you're interested in metaverses, please log on to Hack Noon, submit your gaming metaverse story, and try to win some money. I was your host today, Lee Mark, joined by Amy Tom and Jefferson Borba. And this episode was edited by somebody's name I forget, so we're just going to cut out Alex. that line. <laughs> Let me record it again. This episode was edited by Alex. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. And also, yes. Also, I would be remiss if I did not mention that you can use the power of technology to aid in Afghanistan support. So you can Google it to educate yourself more about the issues that Afghanistan people are facing, as well as donate to the relief efforts to help support those people to get out of the country. So we will put a link to a a charity of some sort in the description of this episode if you would like to donate. Awesome. Thanks very much, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Afternoon podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review.
Hello and welcome to a new episode of Level Up, the esports and gaming show with me, Nathan Bliss, esports and gaming writer and Reach PLC. Uh, joining me today is Matthew Aldous. Um, I was going to say, as ever, you've been featuring a lot of podcast episodes recently. I don't want to call you a co-host yet, but you're, uh, you're certainly Cheeky. getting to that level, aren't you? <laughs> From producer to co-host, what a transformation. What a, it's like it's like uh, that the ugly duckling story, isn't it? It's done nothing for my looks, though. It's done nothing for my looks. If anything, it's made it worse because everyone can see me now. Well, yeah, that's the other point. So if you're watching, you can watch this episode on our new Level Up Esports and Gaming YouTube channel. Uh, and for people listening to the podcast, you obviously still listen to the podcast on all our different platforms. Uh, but if you like the episode videoed on our channel, please subscribe, drop us a like, drop us a comment. Really appreciate that. And as ever, if you enjoyed the podcast episode or you enjoy what we speak about, please leave us a write and a review. We really do appreciate it. And thank you for all your continued support over the last few years. Um, it's been it's been great. And uh, yeah, should we get on with the show? Yeah, let's let's do that. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Why are you being so laid back about it? You you were really energised before the call and now you're just sitting back and just... What do you mean? Taking it all in. I think you're getting too comfortable. You're getting just too complacent. comfortable in, in the yeah. hot seat. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Just too complacent. But anyway, <laughs> let's move on from that. Let's talk about Call of Duty Vanguard. So Call of Duty Vanguard is going to be the next instalment in the super, super popular Call of Duty franchise. And uh, Matt, I mean... Just before we go into some of the specifics, we've got things like release date confirmed. We've got a number of new features. We've got a number of new game modes. Uh, we've got info on Warzone, zombies, loads of different stuff. But just to get your instant reaction, are you looking forward to the game? I think so, yeah. I mean, it looks amazing. Uh, it looks like yeah. very cinematic from what I've seen and what I've heard uh, about the game. It it just it looks like a a step in the in the right direction uh well a leap in the right direction maybe um it's one of those things where it's like you you sort of you're tentatively excited about it because you 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 kind of you don't want to be let down by something but also it does look promising and it does look really good and uh and we we just gotta wait to be able to play it um before before we can get really properly like hyped about it mm. but it, because i don't know sometimes sometimes they can just be something doesn't live up to the hype but from what i've seen it looks like it's going to so yeah, that's yeah, yeah. quite exciting and but I, I try and rein in my rein in that excitement as much as i can because i don't want to be let down you you sound like every fifa player since fifa 18 2k well yeah we can talk it's about the same the same journey I mean, Every year with FIFA, uh, you know, the the new features, the trailers that come out, the information, it's all so promising. And then, you know, the first few months of the game is always really impressive. And then the updates start coming in and it just starts getting a little bit a little bit past what, what was promised. Um for FIFA twenty two, we've already covered that, I think, in previous episodes. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be the biggest jump in, in terms of the franchise with the next gen technology and the uh, the hypermotion technology that's coming in, so uh, let's let's look out for that. But today we're talking about Call of Duty Vanguard. Call of Duty Vanguard is scheduled for release on PlayStation Five, PlayStation Four, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC via Battle.net, starting November the fifth, twenty twenty one. 
Call of Duty Vanguard takes players into the origins of special forces in the most connected Call of, Call of Duty experience across the franchise. Experience World War II through the eyes of a multinational group of soldiers who form Task Force One in the campaign's gripping narrative while also becoming the original special forces operators in the game's adrenaline-fueled multiplayer. Vanguard also pushes the action forward in a franchise-first Zombies crossover. There's also going to be a brand new map coming later this year in Warzone, which we can touch on later, which is a free-to-play experience, which will be fully integrated with Vanguard. What are your initial thoughts on that? Well, new map. For I mean, I've only just got Straight used, away. used to the old one. Like I'm, I'm not, <laughs> It's still the the old map is still new to me. <laughs> But but yeah. the the idea that that so much is is changing um, and it's being integrated because I mean I I guess they could easily release it as a standalone game away from things like Warzone, but the the fact yeah. that they're integrating it in as to not leave out those players I think is a great move and I think it's it makes the whole thing so much more exciting because there are going to be a lot of people that won't buy the game uh and and but they want to they want to play warzone still and they want to feel you know those improvements and and those things that have have changed and they're going to get to and that is like i think really a, a big deal for for warzone you know fans and players yeah i mean you said about the new map i mean it was new map uh it was very very similar to the the old one um i think the major difference was the the dam had gone um and some of the buildings and some of the textures looked a bit older and it was faded a bit but i mean most of my friends were just like this is the same map pretty much so there was a lot of disappointment around that but i think Hopefully with the new map that's going to come with Vanguard, I think there'll be a lot of changes by the looks of things. There's a lot of different features um, that are promised, which we'll go into. But yeah, I'm really excited to, to play it, to be honest. I think it'll be be really cool experience to and have a new map like on Warzone. 20 new or 20 multiplayer maps that they're absolutely that they're putting out absolutely mad so from day one the multiplayer offering will be 20 multiplayer maps at launch including 16 core multiplayer um you'll also experience signature call of duty combat but there'll be new ways to play with combat pacing and reactive gameplay environments this includes tactical down the barrel gunplay the return of gunsmith new custom ballistics and reactive environments what do you make of that reactive environments because we, we've seen a bit, haven't we, with in regards to the reactive environments. The environments can be different, can't they? Different stages of the yeah, game and that, different games you go into. It looks so cool. Yeah, it does. It does look good, and I I like the 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 concept and the premise of it. Um, hmm. So, like the reactive environments are basically you can you can shoot away parts of the scenery. Uh, you can make like you know if you run in just say you run into a wood cabin and you need to make a hole in the wall to see out of it um you can shoot a hole in the wall and and use it to peek out of um it's gonna it i think it's gonna bring a whole new level of competition as well because people can i know people can shoot you through like tents and stuff like and and fences with certain guns and whatnot but this is like you know, if you get spotted through a wall, someone someone can actually tactically make sure that they get you through that 
through that wall or or like you know wood fence or wood cabin or whatever um but the, i think the thing that's interesting and probably one of the things that i'm more excited about is the idea that you can go into the same building several times in a row and because of the reactive gameplay environment you can see a different setup each time you can like people will shoot different parts of the building out and yeah. create their own holes and create their own and it's going to be different every time like you might you you might go into a room one time and there's a big glass wall in the way of something you might go the next time a bit shot out or it's completely removed and the same with wood same with paneling bookcases like all sorts of things like that and i think it just is going to keep everything feeling fresher for longer i think and that's quite that's that's quite i i I like it i like the technology that they're implementing there and i think it's a a good idea to move the franchise forward i think it'll be more difficult and i think players will voice their opinions on that i think it'll be more difficult with the reactive environments being difficult to more difficult to get cover and things but like you said i think the, the skill gap element in that is it'll be really good for but that's how you, yeah that that's how you create skill gap like properly yeah. without 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 Absolutely. any nonsense without any like you know unrealistic nonsense like you you can't in real life let's say you're in a gunfight and I've never been in a gunfight you might be surprised <laughs> to yeah I'm probably the last to the punch on this I've never been in a gunfight guys um but but if you jump if you hide behind a barrel in a gunfight or uh, or a fence it's not going to work like the only cover you've got is is they can't see you so now you have to be super careful with not being seen and and like i think i don't i don't see a downside i think there will be a lot of people that maybe don't like it but i don't see a downside because all it does is creates a real skill gap it doesn't it doesn't create a false one no, like, it brings like an we were talking of, about um, with. Oh no, wait, that is different. I'll cut that bit out because that's, that's a different episode that hasn't <laughs> gone out yet. But but like we will be talking about cheating later down the line. You've sport the multiverse there. Ruined it. the multiverse. But I think I think it it, it basically it's it's a problem solving thing. If you go into an environment. And it's different to what you expect or it's different to what you've experienced before. You will have to solve that problem. You'll have to think on your feet and think, oh, that bit of wood there that I camped behind before to get away from this enemy. I can't do that now because the wall's not there or it's shot down. So you need to figure out in real time a solution to that problem. And that will create a skill gap and that will help the the more experienced and the, the more professional players get better uh, but also it will help amateur players uh, like yourself Matt get better because the more times you're in that position the better you'll become at figuring out different things like the harder it is the the bigger the the jump to improve surely yeah definitely I I think as well there's like probably different mindsets and mind types like I, I, I'm a very logical thinker so it's I I won't be I like when when you remove that oh I can't shoot through that because the game doesn't allow it when you start to remove that and you go oh I can't shoot through that because it's made out of brick and I've only got a pistol yeah that's a real choice 
It's not like an, a game-based choice. It's a real choice that you're making. And I think that's what's exciting is there could be a dude on the other side of that, in of the other side of that, um, like I say, in like wood cabin or, or shed yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And you can shoot through it. If you know where he is, you can shoot through it. You can do the old, do the old action movie cliche of shooting through, <laughs> shooting through the wall <laughs> or shooting, th- you know. Um, but like, that, that's that's only got to be good because it is based within reality. It's not mm. something they've made up that people can go. People can't really complain. Yeah, do you what, know what I mean? What, like, what I think is, yeah, yeah, yeah. What I think is interesting is in previous Call of Duty games, some some wooden structures like doors, for example, can be shot through. Or there is that little wooden box in the gulag that you could shoot people through, which I'm sure you have experienced. Um, yeah. But then there were some wooden structures that you couldn't. So there's that kind of imbalance, like what can you what can you shoot through? And you have to kind of learn that. I think with this, it'll be interesting to see how much of the environment is actually reactive because I think that's where the the in like when you're actually playing the game, that's where the doubt comes in. Oh, can I shoot them? And by the time you figured out in your head, oh yeah, this is an environment I can shoot through. They've already shot you. So I think if the, if the reactive environment is across everything or across most of the environment, I think that'll just help because people will know everyone will get to grips with it very quickly. And it's not like, you know, you can, you can hide behind a certain fence and you think, yeah, they're not going to get me through here in Warzone as it is now but then they're going to have to think very differently in Vanguard because that fence might be part of reactive environment and they're going to have to figure out yeah. figure out I, something else and i kind of hope i kind of hope like you know it's not just like an indoor thing or it's not just yeah uh, it, i i hope it expands to outside fences mm. wall, like different walls different um you know generators and whatnot um, the idea that you can do they have generators in World War Two? Uh, well, I, I I don't know. I don't, but I don't know exactly. I don't know enough about um, how it's integrating into Warzone, if I'm honest. Because Warzone, there might be, you know, is it all World War Two based maps in like in I think Warzone? It would be, yeah. gonna, I think you. I think they, you, I think they'd change it. Be? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's. I think so. Well, that you know. They had aeroplanes although, and stuff. Although, petrol yeah, generators, although, surely they they must have done. I mean, this is a yeah. gaming podcast, and we're talking about whether or not <laughs> generators. What generators? Can you, are can you if you know that if 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 did generators exist in World War Two? Can you let us know in the comments, please? And um, I really appreciate that. Uh, let's move on to the uh, the the single player campaign. Um, have you been a single single player campaign player? Um, over the last few years is that something you into or do you know i tried call of duty world war Two when it came oh yeah when it came when it came not when it came out like when it had been out for a little while um mm. and i thought it was really like decent but i only ever mm. played like the opening scene and then i found mm. it got a bit repetitive and mm. a bit maybe I, I wouldn't say boring like it I don't want to say it was boring because it it wasn't, but there was a lot of similar stuff that kept happening and it didn't really mm. help progress or tell the story. So I didn't really get yeah. the opening scene. It was like that. the opening scene in that was like the opening scene from 
Saving Private Ryan. It was crazy. Yeah, so, but, so I mean, you've seen loads of times before. Yeah, and it and it felt intense. And then as soon as you get past that initial stage, I felt like the intensity just dropped off a cliff. Yeah, that's what I felt yeah. like when I was playing it, and mm. it was sort of like it came in hard and then and then stopped being like that level of of intensity so that that was a struggle so i i didn't ever play much more than the first um like you know 30 minutes of the game probably Mm. um it's interesting they've gone back to world war ii um with vanguard so it's a very different campaign so it focuses on something called task force one which changed the face of history and set the stage for special forces as we know it so there'll be four major theatres of World War II. Um, so experience pivotal World War II battles through the untold stories of multinational heroes. Uh, it drops players into an epic scale of global warfare where they'll experience combat through the eyes of the original special special forces operators across more major theatres, four major theatres. Uh, they describe it as a deeply engaging single-player narrative from diverse backgrounds who rise together in combat to combat to turn the tides of war. The uh, Vanguard uses the next generation Call of Duty engine introduced with Call of Duty Modern Warfare to have a brave, breathtaking visual fidelity, a photorealistic world, lifelike characters, and optimized performance that enhances the gameplay for an advanced Call of Duty experience. So they've gone back to World War II, but it's going to be a very different campaign. Instead of focusing yeah. on you know, the battle itself, um, you know, the overarching battle, they're going into four very particular pillars of World War Two and with the the birth of the special forces and they're looking at how those four individuals in particular from multinational diverse backgrounds have impacted World War Two and the result of it, which I think is a really interesting way of doing it. Yeah, it like it I think it's got so much potential to be so much more immersive than it's ever been yeah. before. I really liked the stuff um around how they recorded the sound and how they focused in on single string instruments and got really close up recording i mean being an audio guy uh they how they got really close up recordings of of like just one cellist it within an orchestra but they they wanted to pick out these particular like one one person playing the cello one person playing the violin because they wanted it to feel individual and close and um because the whole whole campaign is based around characters rather than uh, maybe maybe not rather than story but it's it's more centralized around those characters and you experiencing that um what that character went through and it in that sense it looks so good like cinematically and some of the some of the like game like gameplay and whatnot it just it it's it just looks like a movie almost which yeah, is quite it impressive it does absolutely and the the next gen consoles and the you know the advancements of graphics with pcs and things i think that's really played a part this looks absolutely gorgeous this this game it looks unbelievable from what what i've seen already and uh an important thing to note is that the franchise, the the four people they're going to be in the actual individual single player campaign, they're not they're based off real people. 
which is really important because they're telling true stories of what actually happened. They're not going to be the people. They're going to have different names, slightly different backgrounds or whatever, just to differentiate them. But I think that's a really cool thing that they've kind of honored, honored these people and the achievements that they, that they did through this game. I think that's a really nice touch and it'd be really interesting to see if you go through that journey with them as well, like the emotional journey through the campaign. I think that'll be really interesting. I think that'll be, it sounds really good from what I'm, what I'm reading. Yeah, I mean, I think anything that's based around characters, even even from from like watching films uh, and whatnot, when you focus on characters, I I feel like you always end up more invested. Yeah, you always end up way far more invested when you when you hone in on characters and and their human journeys and um and how ordinary people can do like, amazing things and these incredible feats of like bravery and you can sort of get to experience it in a much more immersive and interactive way than you could like by watching a film or 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 listening to someone tell a story or reading a book i mean those are all really immersive things but this is just you're actually experiencing it as this character and as this person and you know, hopefully, if the intensity stays there, and and the, mm. you know, one of the things, uh, especially when you go back to something like World War Two, you have to bear in mind the fact that it must have been so scary for a lot of these people. So there has to be fear there, and how do you convey that genuine fear and build that suspense and build those uh, moments of of like fear for your life. And it looks like they have really managed to get close to it. That, like, in in terms mm. of what the what the play looks like and and how it all feels um, from from what what I've seen of it, um, and the fact that they've tried to make the whole style of gameplay a lot more realistic and a lot more individual, I think it has potential to be probably one of the one of the best um single player like campaign games ever made to date it that, that's how good it looks yeah absolutely whether where absolutely. i mean that, and that's a mass that's a massive claim probably i mean I, you know little of me i don't really know i couldn't tell you between between games that have been released in the past and 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 this one but but it looks it's so good. I don't want to just say good. Like it, it looks like in every aspect, it looks and feels so real that that's why I think it's potentially got, it will knock everything else out, out of the, yeah. blow, blow everything else out of the water. You mentioned, you mentioned films and immersion. And I think that's a really interesting comparison because it's always been the case that video games have the potential to be such immersive environments because you're not just watching it, you're part of it. You're you're part of the action. How how much yeah. more immersive can it be? And with the next generation consoles, the PC graphics are increasing all the time. The better the graphics are, the more, the more immersive it will be. This This has the potential to be the most immersive call of duty experience yet by by the sounds of it and i think that's only going to be a good thing if you've got a a decent setup 
and you've got a decent console and you've got yeah. a decent PC, this could be a, a, just an amazing experience and you, you'll feel fully in the action, which is something I'm really looking forward to as well. Let's go through the unparalleled. Sorry, Matt. Do you, sorry. No, I was, I was just going to say it's, it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see the, yeah. the sort of general public's reaction to, to the Absolutely. game. Yeah, yeah. And our reaction as well when we play it for the first time, we'll, we'll let you know what we think, definitely. And we'd love to know what you think as yeah. well when you, when you play it. And I'm sure we'll go into that uh, in a future video but or episode of the podcast. Let's go into the multiplayer offering a bit more. So as we said, massive day one multiplayer offering with 20 multiplayer maps at launch, including 16 core. There's going to be experience, uh, ex- ex- signature Call of Duty combat, uh, tactical down the girl gamp, down the barrel gunplay, the return of gunsmith, new custom ballistics and reactive environments. There's also a brand new mode called Champion Hill, yeah. which features a series of tournament style head-to-head matches where players can play solo 1v1, or squad up in duos and trios to battle it out in an arena consisting of four maps to be the last squad standing. I think that's just, you know, if you've got Warzone as a mode, that's going to be a real big pull. But if you've got something like Champion Hill in a multiplayer mode, that's that's going to be such a big pull. Because the more modes you've got, the more fun it's going to be, the, the more options there is for players. You're going to get a lot more of the player base coming to different modes. Yeah, I mean, you uh, you might find that nobody really takes to it but you also you also so like you know for example with warzone i I haven't played any other mode other than battle royale but the fact that there's if there was only one mode loading into it i'd kind of feel disappointed even though i've not played them yeah yeah, yeah, you know so so it's like, like just adding to that arsenal and champion hill does sound like it could be a lot of fun because it's more fast paced and it's a more of a yeah more of like a kind of almost i guess like not deathmatch but but it's it's more in that wheelhouse than it is in battle royale like you can you can with with like going through stages and mm-hmm. and isn't there something about the stages that you go through um you go through like stages and there's no load time between them or something i swear that they mention something like that they all happen within the game they all like so it's like four different stages and they all happen next to each other like within the same game so there's no that sounds you're you're not waiting for the next like you don't load out and then load back in you you like continue on to a new yeah yeah yeah. i'm not sure I, i don't quote me on it but I, I remember seeing it sounds familiar, but I will I will have to like check that, that after. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm I'm sure someone said something about so there's zero load time, which would, yeah. which makes the experience more like fluid and more immersive. And um, so I think with this new, with more time playing the game, isn't it? Less loading time, you got more more. Yeah, time and I mean, game. it's one of the most annoying things about Warzone is when you when you die and then you have to load out and load back in. It yeah, like, yeah takes a while, man. <laughs> <laughs> so it'd be, it'd yeah, be really good to play especially if the team when... is no good they can't buy you back in time i mean that's, that's yeah i mean I, the feel that's not a dig at me i hope <laughs> no no no, no, no. <laughs> carry on <laughs> but but um but yeah i do i i do think that this new mode sounds like it it's and and you know looks like it's gonna be interesting and a lot of fun and yeah. i think the idea that you can play like solo 1v1 as well is quite entertaining 
I like that idea. Like, you know, if yeah. we if we wanted to, we could decide to play against each other. Like, you know, in a one v one champion hill match and yeah, be a bit more cool. competitive, yeah, which yeah. is which is kind of like it feels like a a perspective we've not had yet. Mm. I don't know. Maybe we have, but I'm new to the I'm new here, so um, I, I'm not going to be able to use that excuse forever. So I'm using it while I can. Yeah, uh, use it now. Yeah, bank it. But. But it sounds like it could be a really, really like just adding another string to that bow of uh, yeah. functionality within within the game that I think is yeah. going to be really fun to experiment with. Yeah. Let's move on to Warzone then, because you mentioned that that's something that you've been playing and I've been playing it with you as well mm. um, over the last few weeks. So Raven Studios are leading the development of a brand new Call of Duty Warzone map coming this year. So they don't specify whether it's going to be available from launch. The new Warzone integration will feature a multifaceted new anti-cheat system across Warzone, which is an, a huge piece of news and something deal. that we've covered in with something that we will cover we'll in a be future covering. episode. So get subscribed. Yeah. Get subscribed to to listen to that episode and watch that episode because that that will be coming soon. It also shares the same tech as Vanguard for seamless weapon and operator integration. Vanguard, together with Warzone, will offer a massive calendar of free post-launch content featuring new maps, modes, playlists, limited time events, and seasonal events, as well as community celebrations and more. I mean, I love an event on Warzone. You know, if there's something cool happening in the game, you know, if there's different things going on, there's different messages coming through, or there's like asteroids coming, or they're not asteroids, they were the satellites when they not asteroids ignore me but like when you get stuff happening in the game as you're playing it i just think that's so cool and that just comes off like Fortnite, like with ariana grande and her constant stuff the fact that you can be playing a game that you've got the experience of the normal call of duty game but you've also got an event going on it just feels like it's just so cool the more of that the better in my opinion yeah, I mean, I've not really got too much experience with that, so I don't, I don't know how much. When you uh, do, when it, when you experience Vanguard, we'll go on and I'll show you what an event is because it's a, uh, it's a really cool thing to be involved with. Really cool thing to be involved with because if it, it, it genuinely feels like you're in an action movie, but, really, but I, you've see, got, you're playing I, like, with your friends. I've got no, no real point of reference, so I don't really. Yeah, you know. So imagine playing college. Imagine playing Fortnite. You're playing Fortnite. Yeah. And you go to a certain part of the map and Ariana Grande is there performing a concert. Right. And that's Imagine like... like that. Yeah, but so that, that, how would you... that doesn't really interest me that much. I don't need Ariana Grande performing a concert okay. in a first-person shooter game. Not really looking for that sort yeah. of content. But, but okay, then that's but... me. That's, my pers- that's what I'm personally like. I don't... You know, I... I'll be honest with you. I could go to the shops and she could be at the shops and I wouldn't care. Like <laughs> I, I'd be like, I just need to get my chicken. I, do, I can't, I, 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 that sort of thing just has never, never really piqued my interest. I, I, I do find, um, I, I, I guess, I guess what it does though, it opens up that style of play into constant collaborations and, and, yeah. things to make the game like i was talking about earlier like with, with making the game feel fresh for longer fresher for longer yeah, it's gonna yeah, feel yeah. fresher for longer if you can keep adding new things in and and yeah. have these events that seem to 
blend in from the real world. I mean, it, I, I don't know how they're gonna gonna do it if it's in World War, if it's set in World War Two. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe it will be something that I like, but I, I, I mm. don't really understand the concept of it right now <laughs> I'll, 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 we should probably gone through it beforehand really i might show you a youtube video in a set but basically what it does is when you know there's an event going on you're all speaking about it so you've got a particular time the event's happening so all your friends group are speaking about it like, oh let's go on for the event and then you go on and you're playing warzone as you would normally but different things are happening around you in the environment that they wouldn't be normally so you, some some you get random satellites crashing like near you things are happening you know something's not quite right you get like the, so you could have like an la- apocalypse event and and it's like you know absolutely thi- like around things you, are falling out the sky you. or there's a tidal yeah, wave yeah, yeah. or it's like deep impact like that's see yeah. that's kind of that's cool like i do i do like that but a, a concert i could probably live without <laughs> that's all <laughs> I, I doubt they would do a concert in warzone but you never know uh, <laughs> who, knows? To- <laughs> who knows can you imagine who knows who knows? Uh, but I, I was just trying to explain the concept of like an in-game event is you, every player that you are playing with in that, in that, in that session is experiencing the same thing as you in that moment. Yeah. And it doesn't happen again. Do you know it's what like I mean? a very, yeah, it's exactly. a very singular event and, and you will get to experience it together. And then, and then it will never happen again in that way, in the same, in the Correct. same way a concert would work or, yeah if you miss like, it yeah. if you're doing something you on that particular it, night that's it yeah 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 so yeah. That, i know i get the, i get the appeal that that's that's cool i i just think it's i i was just expecting like you know oh they've opened the shop and you can go and look at these they've reopened woolworths in in warzone like in that's not that's not uh that's not something that really interests me but you know if they were doing like a special like I say, like something like an Armageddon event or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That I can see. Yeah, how that, that that's would what be happened really last cool. time. That's what happened last time. So there was an event, and um, there was a nuclear warhead that struck the map as you were playing it. How so everyone would map, die. Yeah, so the old map went, and then you were launched into the new map straight away oh. after the event. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, you, that's cool. So you started looking around and think, oh, where's Dam gone? He's gone. Do you know what I mean? It's replaced. You don't know where you so, are. And, and then stuff, different yeah. things happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You figure out new bits and bobs of the map. That's so, cool. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I mean, I'll have to get you get you on when the when the next event is um, and get you experience in that because I think it's a really special thing in video games. And the, the more of that, the better, I think, because yeah. just the immersion we were talking about before, it's like being part of, it's being part of a movie almost being part of a cinematic experience. Yeah. Yeah. Can, yeah. 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 Get, it's happening all around you in the, in a virtual world. So I feel uh, like there's something to we've, well. we've skipped over though, like without, without properly talking about it. And that's the, that is the cheating thing The the, they finally mm. addressed this hacking and cheating which is like, yeah, it's just like, I mean, I definitely know that a couple of your friends are going to be mad happy about that. But Absolutely. I mean, and I've only been playing it a little while and I'm mad happy about it. Like, you start so, to, you, you've, when was it you first started noticing like the cheating going on? Like, uh, like probably. Pretty quickly. Um, like I, you, obviously, I know it's happening because it's all over YouTube and people, you know, spectating yeah. cheaters and whatnot. But 
in terms of me noticing in game, not until I got to a stage where I could comfortably get one kill in a game. Like if I ran into someone, it's not a certainty that I'm going to die. Like when I got to that point in my skill level, then that's when you can you start to notice. But you recognise when someone kills you fairly, and when you think, "Oh, hang on, there's something a bit wrong with that." The way they, yeah. the way they got me there, it was a bit. You start yeah. to recognise, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like so, but you have to have some basic skill level, I feel, before you can really properly recognise it, and and then like you know, at a point now where I'll have, I'll go, I'll go maybe two, three games without killing anyone, and then I'll go a couple games like back to back getting three kills a time so so like my average is is going up so i'm at a point where i'm improving all the time yeah and now i can notice it it's so much more obvious um because i have some point of reference so yeah. the fact that there but i always knew it was a problem you know it's a problem but i just like I didn't really. I, I can't yeah. complain about it because I'm so bad at the game. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I could run into added... a lamppost and I'd die. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's it's just it's... an added, added thing for our viewers. Um, you you when you put the hand when you start waving your hands in front of the camera, it starts to auto focus on your nails. Yeah, I know. Um... It's horrible, isn't it? <laughs> it's horrible. It's because I'm that. it's because I'm facing the wrong way, and my nails are the worst nails. That anybody a treat for has ever viewers. had. It's it's like if you're listening is, to the podcast, you are the, one of the lucky ones. <laughs> this is what this is one of the things. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and keep my hands like this. It's one of the things that shames me the most about being a thir- in my mid thirties. Uh, is is my nails. I don't. But you know, <laughs> that's what that's my hands, guys. I can't help it. I'll try and keep them down by myself. Yeah. Well, let's move on from your hands. We talked about we talked about the. I would like more details with the anti cheat. I would like more details. Um, how is it multifaceted? What's this new anti cheat system? What does it consist of? How how effective is it? How how will it work? Not too much that hackers go, start to know too much and start to work their way around it, but enough to know that I feel like I've, I'm on an even playing field when I'm playing. Warzone, and if there is one cheater, they'll get banned soon. Do you know what I mean? I think that's half the frustration when you're actually playing Warzone and you come across a cheating player and they kill you and you get that frustration or whatever. There's there's mm. not a part of me that goes, oh, they'll be banned soon. That they, they like they won't. They'll carry on doing it. Do you know what I mean? It's that's in your yeah, head when they're doing no it, justice. and that's half of the frustration. So exactly, no justice. So with this one, I'd like to know how it works a little bit more detail before I actually say anything about it. But it's, it's good that they've come out and talked about there's going to be a new anti-cheat system because that is so important. And I hope that it comes in ASAP because it's uh, it's definitely needed. There's there's a real yeah, issue. They've got a real issue on their hands. It's tricky, isn't it? Because you you don't know. You Yeah, we don't. On, on one hand, you, you want to know more about it. But on the on the other hand, you don't want people to get their hands on it. Like, yeah so, exactly so you it's tricky that you can't really ever know exactly what's going on until we experience it because i guess like you say like it's a very good point people will get a hold of it and work out oh this is what it's based off of so we can run some scenarios and, yeah. and try and try and develop our way around this which 
I guess is like just not. It, it's only gonna. It's only gonna lead to disappointment if people get their hands on it too quickly. It depends on how foolproof it is. But yeah. it would be nice if it would be nice if they had so much confidence that it it wasn't breakable. That yeah. I mean, if if they if they if they think that by giving details, it's going to give information to hackers, I'm perfectly fine with no information. You know, just yeah. Just give but us then, a new but then sheet. it's like, if oh, it, we've if only I got. If I can see it's working in the game, then that's it. And they what? And they just never tell you how it works. Well, just yeah. This is a new anti-cheat system. You'll that's see it. it in Warzone tomorrow. That's it. You play it. There's no. There's no hackers. There's no cheaters. Okay, fair enough. And then you that, and you never I, find then, out how it works. Yeah, like I that. Think the, I mean, the, the thing is with the trust. With the trust at the moment, I think if that happened now at this point in time and it didn't quite work, the trust would be completely gone because they're like they've just not. Where's the new anti cheat system? Yeah, but on I the flip side of that, because it's been going on for so long, they need to give details. I think that's where the yeah. On the, on the flip the side of that, if they give details and then people get their hands on it and manage to find ways around it and then it, the game comes out and it doesn't work, then they're in the same yeah. position. So it's kind of like you you lose or you lose. So, but I don't, but I, I, do, I don't know. I, hackers have got, they ruin the game for everyone. And it's strange that either they've waited so long that, and we, you know, we we all know you know how bad it's got that they've waited so long to try and fix it and then they're going to do it with the new game release or it's just not that much of a big deal but there might be a very valid reason why they're brushing over it you know in their in their statements and they're not like coming out and 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 saying it like giving too much away but i like you can still talk about it without giving anything away mm. That's the that's the thing that's strange yeah. to me still, but but yeah. Either way, I think it's good that they've addressed it, and I think it's hopefully gonna lead to a much better experience yeah. and and managing to get you know hackers off of yeah. the game or at least reduce them heavily. Best case scenario, the reason why they haven't addressed it now is because they're working on a huge fix that they know will work rather than releasing li- little patches that they didn't know would work. So they've been really working on something in the background that they know will work. It will have a huge impact on hackers. And this is it. Yeah. And it's going to be released as part of the new game release. It's a fresh start, fresh game. People can come into it knowing there's not going to be any hackers, knowing there's a level playing. That's the best case scenario. But until we actually see the results of what's happening in the game, I'm being a bit open-minded about it. Let's see what happens first. Yeah, let's see what happens. But it, yeah. but I think uh, just, it's, it is big news like that they've addressed. Yeah, it, it is big news. Yeah. Last but not least, we just I'll also go on uh, the new zombies mode. So the Treyarch zombies from the birthplace of zombies. Treyarch helps delivers a franchise first. Call of Duty's Call of Duty zombies crossover as Vanguard connects with Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War zombies. The storyline delivering a new connection for Call of Duty players. Players will be able to survive the relentless onslaught of the undead in a chilling all-new zombies experience. And it provides continuity from a lore standpoint while innovating on the core gameplay loop. I've, I've flirted with the, the zombies mode before. That's the sentence I never thought I'd say. I've flirted <laughs> with zombies. Um, 
I've flirted with modes before in previous Call of Duties, and it's always been like a fun mode, but it's never been something that I come back to all the time. It's always been something that I just play here or there, but that sounds like a really interesting mode. And again, I'll, I'll have to play it first to see if I enjoy it, because I, I enjoy Warzone so much. But again, if I'm not enjoying Warzone, I can go and play um, Champion Hill, I can go and play Zombies, I can go on single player. It's, there's, a whole, there's a whole load of experiences for everyone. Yeah, definitely. I think, and I mean... I'm not a massive like zombie game sort of fan. I thought I was going to really enjoy The Last of Us, and I I I did for for a bit, but I got for me because I just not that into zombies. It got got real old real fast. I I really like the suspense element, but yeah, I I I didn't really enjoy it, you know, in the way that other people did, and they love like that game's like you know loved um, as far as I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really loved. Yeah. And it looks cool, right? Like, and they're making a film out of it, which I probably am going to enjoy more than the game. But so I don't. I, I, I'm similar to you. I I think it might be fun, like once or twice, but I don't think it's gonna be a, like a long-standing thing for me. I don't think that that yeah. will interest me enough to to keep me keep me playing it. I mean, I I kind of. I like fantasy stuff, like you know, but but I, I struggle with fantasy stuff here and there, like with being able to sus- suspend my belief. If it's based within a real world, I find it a bit easier. And yeah. it's only in recent years that I've really managed to let go of it on the film front, watching movies. Like I, I've always been, if it's not based in reality and it's not, apart from probably superheroes because i grew up reading comics and all sorts um, yeah and maybe some big franchises like lord of the rings i've never really been into like that sci-fi space star trek type thing um so i don't know i i don't know I, but i'm gonna try and keep an open mind and and see what it's yeah like. i mean we're i'm don't worry i'm gonna make matt play it uh i'm gonna make <laughs> matt play all the modes uh, mate, I, I think no, no, it will I, be good. We'll play it together. I think it will be good. It's just whether or not it holds my personal interest. Yeah, I think for other people, for it's going to be like probably like a an amazing mode that they're going to really enjoy because they really love like zombies is a massive thing, not just yeah. in games, in film, in like all sorts. It's like look at how successful The Last of Us was, was yeah. and is. It's it's. And that's zombie based, right? Or like the undead or, you know, whatever. So it's it's gonna be either way, I think it's it's gonna be fun and it's gonna be amazing. It's just whether or not personally it is it's something that tickles my taste buds. Well, we'll see. When the when the game comes out, when we play it for the first time, um, we'll let you guys know first when we play it and when we test out the different modes and we'll let you know what we think and what Matt thinks. Cause I think Matt's coming at it from a, uh, someone who hasn't played many games over the past couple of years in comparison to me, maybe. So he's coming from more of a fresh standpoint, which I think is a really good, a really good point of view to have for people who are new to games. And for someone like me, who's played a lot of the Call of Duty titles and have played a, a lot of games over the last decade or so, um, I'll give that more, more balanced, viewpoint in terms of what i've experienced before and hopefully i'll be able to review that better than um i don't know i could i've lost my train of thought i've lost my train of thought better yeah, than I not could. better but just a different perspective 
just a different yeah. perspective. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's the point. People have different perspectives on games, so it'll be interesting to see what you think versus what I think, and then we can but we can talk about it on on a podcast and on the show, and we can discuss it, and um, we'll see see what we think of it. But it all looks very promising. Really excited promising. to to see what see what actually happens when we play the game because a lot of games say they're going to be brilliant and they're not so let's let's have a look at this let's see what it's like and that is the overarching thing mind. isn't it a lot of games do say yeah, they're going to be brilliant yeah. and most of them are not and in some cases most they don't ever come out <laughs> like it, it's <laughs> there's you know there's all sorts of things that happen so i absolutely I, I guess it's just yeah this is all with tentative excitement but i think call of duty vanguard is the first fps game am i saying this right um first, <laughs> the first F- shooter, yeah. fps game that i'm actually excited about in a sense that like i'm looking forward to playing it because i've okay i've never I, I, because I've got involved with Warzone and I've enjoyed it and sort of realised, you know, experienced a lot of new things with Warzone, I have never really been in a position where a new game's coming out and I have any kind of relationship with it, like previously. So this is probably the first yeah. time that, that a new game is coming out that I'm actually genuinely, I recognise it, I understand it, and I've spent the last few weeks trying to get better at it and now it feels like everything again is going to change which is only going to benefit me because everyone that's up here that has been sort of a lot better at the game or or boosting or cheating or whatever or hacking whatever they're all going to be brought down to the 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 base level of their talent and they'll either be really good or they'll be like me and that we can get rid of all of the hopefully we can get rid of all of the 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 mess in between yeah. and yeah. I mean, that's the that, less hackers the better the less that's hackers, the better. exciting for yeah. me like it's Absolutely. not a frustration thing from my point hackers because i haven't been playing it for long enough but it is exciting mm. in the sense of mm. ah i can we can all be on the same it can all be based on skill hopefully mm. and that yeah. that's an exciting concept Absolutely. Call of Duty Vanguard will be available globally on PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S and PC on Friday, November 5th, 2021. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for joining me. Um, It's been a really interesting discussion coming from someone with a fresh point of view, talking about Vanguard and having experienced Warzone a bit. Um, been really interesting to to hear about some of the new features and things and can't wait to play it. Let us know in the comments or if you leave us a review, let us, let us know what you thought of this episode and let us know in the comments if you're excited about the game, if you've got any concerns, what you think about the new anti-cheat system, what you think of the new Champion Hill mode. Let us know what you think and also let us know what you thought of the, the podcast in general as well. Really appreciate any feedback, but really hope you enjoy the game when it comes out and we'll just have to see how it plays and if you keep subscribed to both our podcast and our YouTube channel, yeah. our podcast is Level Up, the esports and gaming show. Our YouTube is Level Up Esports and Gaming. If you subscribe to both, you'll be you'll hear first or watch first our viewpoint on the new game when we get to play it. Exactly. So catch you later. Catch you later.
Please leave us a review on iTunes. Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.